Hello and welcome to this edition of Community Connections. I'm your host, Chuck Curlin. Today, we're with Andrew P. Howe II. He's the founder and CEO for the Race for Peace Committee. And Andrew, it's great having you back on the program. For some of us who have not met you in the past, give a little background of what Race for Peace is all about. Well, Race for Peace is a nonprofit organization bridged to uh, aim to bridge the gap between communities and police. We've served the uh, five-county region, which is Bucks County, Chester County, Delaware County, Montgomery County, Philadelphia, and uh, Chester County, Delaware County, Delaware, Bucks County, Chester County, Delaware County, Montgomery County, and the city of Philadelphia. So the five-county area, which is the part of the region. And what we do is uh, we have events. We're there to um, help with any conflict situations or issues and stuff like that. You know, I'm a community activist, so of course I represent the community. But I'm, we're there to help the police and assist the police. So we stand for the good officers that in law enforcement that, you know, represent these uh, uh, law enforcement agencies. And we're very much against the negative ones. And Race for Peace is uh, very um, proactive with preventing racism, discrimination, and violence. And that stems from my stint in the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Color People, the main line branch. And uh, it's been just a great ride. This is our seventh year. Uh, this is our. This will be our seventh um, event at the uh, King Pressure Mall. Uh, through Tom Nolan and the Upper Marion Police Department. And we just, I just love doing what I do. Yeah, and speaking of that, like you said, it's been seven years. Seven years ago, what prompted you to come up with this idea? Because you are the founder and CEO. Well, what prompted me was it was an incident with uh, Sandra Blind um, with hanging herself, or they said that she hung herself in the uh, jail cell, and that was back in 215. The Brace of Peace was established in 216. So I looked at that and I looked at my grandson and I said, I want my grandson to have the same relationship that I have with law enforcement. Meaning, how did I have a relationship with law enforcement? Is because once again, through the mainline branch NAACP, I'm the founder of the job fair. So I had the job fair in 1995, six, seven, eight, and I had my last, well, the, the branch's last job fair was in 2016. Yeah. So I'm the founder of that. And that was already a relationship with the police department. So it stems back a long time ago, from uh, 1995. And uh, I just wanted him to have the same relationship. And I made a phone call, one phone call, where that's one of our um, models is it only takes one. And I called uh, Superintendent Michael J. McGrath of Lower Marion Township. And Mike knew me already. I worked for the township at one point in my life. And uh, Mike adopted the idea, accepted the idea, you know, I sold it to Mike and it just moved on. I just started making phone calls. I just called eight, nine different chiefs of police. They all were so eager and waiting for something like this because of, once again, it was Sandra Blind. That was way before Floyd, uh, George Floyd. There was mm -hmm. so many incidences that uh, issues and stuff and controversial issues with law enforcement that I said, what could I do as one person to bridge the gap? And they accepted the program, they love the program, they know what it stands for, and they know what we're trying to do. 
And it's good uh, because you started basically here in Upper Marion Township. This was like the, I guess, the birth of it all. And it just blossomed because now you've pushed the right buttons. You've been getting a lot of other media coverage through the major networks. Oh, yes, definitely. 3, 6, 10, 29, 17. Uh, some of our uh, members have been on shows themselves talking about the race for peace. And I'm really honored to be back here. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And I take it personal, you know, that you guys were the first show that I've done. And I believe this is the first show of the year. That's so right. it's like a coincidence. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very race for peace no one has never said no to racial peace. That's another uh, issue or, uh, or, or coincidence. Anytime I say racial peace, can you have an event? Do you want to do this? When any police departments or venues, I never once had the word no. That's fantastic. Never. And, you know, uh, I don't, it's not a hustle. Mm-hmm. I do it from the heart. So, you know, we do take donations, but I don't sell donations. I don't sell T-shirts. We don't sell the drinks. All our events, knock on wood, for the past seven years have been free. We don't sell T-shirts. We usually give them out. You know, that may change because, like I say, you do have to uh, generate a little revenue. But I just wanted to prove to the people that uh, we can run an organization and get it magnified through you guys and magnifying it. Uh, Without funds, right. you know, so we're very limited right now, but we are searching for, you know, uh, venues for the uh, for our next fundraiser. This was a fundraiser I shirt I have on, which was um, sponsored by the uh, Tredyffrin Township Police Department, mm-hmm. which was called Battle of the Bulge, uh, Battle of the Badges. And that was uh, Tredyffrin Township Police Department versus Tredyffrin Township Fire Department. All proceeds went to the Race for Peace. And that was uh, 2022, October 2022. So, Andrew, I'm curious now that seven years has gone by, did you think Race for Peace would develop into what it has when you think back seven years ago? Did you have any idea of what the future would look like? I had a clear uh, idea of what the future looked like, but I never doubted it. And I always say, wherever we are at, I'm a God-fearing man, and I say, it's God. So no matter if one person shows up or 100 people show up, it's God and it gets it gets magnified. And I always say that one finger, they always see me with one finger up, which is um, standing for what only takes one because this is one show, but it'll get to 60,000 people. If I talk to Trump, if I talk to Biden, it'll get to 200 million people. And how many people are that? One person. Right. So, you know, everybody says we need to work together. Da, 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 da. My motto is do what you're doing. I'll do what I'm doing. She'll do what she's doing. And then we come together. Because in the past, I, it's hard to, um, I see organizations work together sometimes, but not quite often. Well, I, I noticed like when you first started in the inception of a Race for Peace, there were probably a few people. Has the, the base, the foundation started to grow over the seven years? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So we started with um, eight different police departments, Lower Marion, Haverford, uh, Upper Marion, Radnor, Tredyffrin, Ben Salem, Upper Darby, and Philadelphia. I used to call them the Great Eight. I used to call it the, those chiefs the Great Eight. But since then, Upper Moreland's joined in. The state, the Pennsylvania State Troopers, the state police has mm-hmm. um, 
uh, played with the, you know, did events with the Race for Peace. Bridgeport is a part of Bridgeport Borough, yes. Pennsylvania is part of the Race for Peace. And it just, the list just goes on of how many police departments and um, uh, chiefs of police have uh, interacted with us. So the communication with all these police departments, it's all been pretty, uh, I guess, up to date. Like everyone wants to keep their hand, I guess, in Race for Peace. Yes, Darby, Sharon Hill, uh, Yaden, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot. It's so many, you know, it was just the eight. Now it's at least double. That's fantastic. At least double. And uh, it's no effort. There's no effort. You know, we take a break. Mm-hmm. So we're just coming off of a break. Mm-hmm. And it's astonishing. That's awesome. When I first heard of Race for Peace, I thought it was like maybe a 5K or a marathon. Right. So how did the name come about? Once again, it stems from the uh, National Association for the Advanced of Color People, the NAACP. And I thought about racism, race. I thought about violence, which is in Latin, uh, Philadelphia and urban areas. That's the piece. The committee part comes from Washington. What do they call all their committees? Yeah, committees. committees. So they have the Race for Peace Committee. And we are racing for peace. So everything just blends in. But it is an iconic name. And like I said, the only takes one. I think I said that at the last time about it only takes one person to make a statement, one person, one dot to dot an I and one dollar to for a check to bounce, one point for a game to be won. It only takes one. Yeah, and your logo is runners, so it's like, you know. The other part is immediate action right now with speed and accuracy. So I take that very seriously also because what we do is when we respond to something, it's immediately. When do we do it? Right now mm-hmm. with speed and accuracy. So when you go to these uh, different police forces throughout the area, yes. um, are any of the officers ever recognized uh, for their duties? Yes, Chuck. We've gave out probably at least 20 to 30 awards over the past seven years. We just awarded Lieutenant Jeff Maurer, uh, Corporal Joe Davies, and soon to be retired Keith Christian. Oh, and that was, that was wonderful. My grandson was there. Mm-hmm. He actually helped present the awards and that was touching. It was very touching. Tom Nolan was there also. And uh, was Upper Marion Township the first police force that were that has been recognized for stellar duty? Uh, the we went through all eight. Okay. All eight uh, police departments have been recognized uh, through uh, Race for Peace, Race for Peace Committee Award. That's what it's called. So when when these awards are set up, um, are there, is there a certain criteria that you're looking for to recognize certain officers? Yes, I look for um, what they've done wholeheartedly for the program, for the community, and for what they do um, in their law enforcement agencies. And I know, and we, we can reiterate that you've been doing this for seven years. Do you see these officers on a, uh, on a frequent basis? How many times a year do you think you're running into a lot of these officers? We uh, probably, we used to, we have meetings once a month. Oh, okay. And we, we schedule our, our events, you know, like this is, uh, we'll have the King of Pressure event, which is called a meet and greet at the KLP Mall, the second largest mall in America. We have a community and police basketball game. That'll be our eighth one. It'll be our seventh time at the mall. Uh, we have um, Battle of the Bulges, which I've talked about, which was made. We have. Uh, softball games with that was uh, with the two different township. We have a uh, night out with Bridgeport PA, uh, Bridgeport Borough. We have summits, which could be anywhere. 
We have uh, bike tours, mm -hmm. which could be anywhere. We have an ice skating event, which is hammered in and nailed in and in stone with the Haverford Township Police Department. So we have um, about four events that's been going on annually. The, the pandemic hasn't stopped the, the King of Pressure event, mm -hmm. which is remarkable, you know. Uh, so you had a KOP, you had a basketball, you had ice skating, you had a Bridgeport, and now you have the Battle of the Bulges, which is our fundraiser. So Andrew, um, if somebody was looking to get more information, how do they go about doing so? They can go on a website or go on um, social media. Okay, so a lot of this stuff is promoted through social media. So that's a good thing for someone watching this program. They'll be able to say, hey, that's something that's gonna be in my town. I'd like to come check this out. Yes, and they can also sign up, join, um, offer a venue for us, offer us a topic. You know, most of our topics, like I say, deal with racism, discrimination, and violence. So we try and we are being proactive with that. You know, some uh, uh, organizations, they don't come out until the fire starts. Right. We're trying to beat the fire. We're trying to prevent the fire. So, and I love these guys. I mean, I haven't been said no to anybody I approach. And when I need something done, they're right there. These guys are right there and they, they'll offer and they'll make suggestions that helps the program. Yeah, you mentioned something earlier that I thought was interesting. Um, the the combination with the NAACP, are they still involved? Uh, are they noticing what you've been able to develop oh, with yes. the Race for Peace Committee? Oh yes, very much so. I just talked to the president of the state um, NAACP, mainline branch NAACP. So it's still in, it's still, you know, it's part of me. Right. It's part of who I am. You know, uh, I'm not so much active in the group anymore, in the organization anymore, but it filtered out to the race for peace right. where you say preventing racism, discrimination and violence. And that's part of the name. Yeah, because you're not doing this full time uh, as a career. You're actually a, a contractor. Yes. This is something that you took on on your own and developed it over the time. Yes, and um, I'm very proud of the people who enhance the program, who take it wholeheartedly and they take it seriously. You know, uh, some people that you're trying to convince or sell a product to or sell a, an idea to, if they don't, some people who understand me, there's no questions asked. Those who don't understand me, uh, an explanation won't suffice. Gotcha. So, you know, that's how that goes. Yeah, so you mentioned that you're not as heavily as involved. Have you delegated to other people to do a lot of the things that you were doing in the in the early days of Race for Peace Committee? Yes, uh, in the beginning, it was me as the president, uh, McGrath as the vice president, Ben Grenier, which is the uh, Delaware County vice president of the uh, chaplains, law enforcement chaplains. It was Ben Grenier, and it was um, Jennifer Saunders, who was... Uh, affiliated with WSSS Bank. Okay. So she was the uh, treasurer. Now, right, it's more people, it's more this, it's more that. And everybody wants to get involved. I have young people involved. Mm -hmm. You know, um, LaVon um, Johnson from Darby Borough, who I've coached basketball. He's very heavily involved with our basketball now. So I'll let him take over and run with it. And that's when you see the logo with somebody running uh, with the yeah. baton and it says peace on the back of the baton. Andrew Howe's really the guy standing up saying number one and then I'm passing it off. So hopefully one of these days LeVon or my grandson will take over. That's pretty good, yeah. And so, but they're still uh, leaning on you, I guess, for the inspiration 
uh, because you came up with the idea. So you're still in the mix to make decisions, right? Yes, I'm still pretty much uh, the main guy. Right. Uh, and I always, I'm always coming up with something. Now we have Race for Peace Appreciation Breakfast. That's going to be for all the people and everyone who ever was involved with the Race for Peace showing appreciation for them, whether they did one thing or did a hundred things for the Race for Peace. We're going to show them appreciation. I love these people who um, embrace the program and take it wholeheartedly. Yeah, and, and, and you also mentioned earlier that um, some of the major networks have, uh, I, I guess, uh, embraced the idea as well. Has that exposure even grown? Uh, I'm just waiting for the call from CNN or Oprah because uh, we're probably one of the only organizations like this in the United States, and that's grown. I mean, I've, if I make a press release, they're there. Right. They came for the, uh, and they aired the presentation. They aired the camp pressure events. They're there. So they have no problem with it. And uh, they say the same thing. It's not how many people. It's the message that's being said. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just amazing because you, you realize how fast time flies. Like I said, this is, this is, I believe, your third uh, time you've been on this program. Third. And I, I'm just amazed. It's something else. Andrew, um, the one thing that I, I would love to ask is if there's any type of discrimination in a, say, a, a public uh, setting, are, are they calling out for you to try to get some type of uh, like, uh, input uh, and how would they go about getting a hold of you? Well, that's a good question, Chuck. And once again, I've been trained, very rehearsed hundreds and hundreds of times from the NAACP. So that's in my blood, you know, so I, I can smell discrimination. I see racism. And of course, I know the answers and know how to um, discipline. Mm -hmm. If somebody if, if I see some racism or discrimination, I know what to do. I know how to react to it. That was what I was in charge of when I was at the uh, NAACP was the Labor and Industry Committee, which is all the jobs, mm -hmm. what you're doing, police jobs, trash manager, any jobs. That's that was my uh, my committee. So um, through the years, since you have a long history in this, what do you think is, uh, I guess, more viable? Is it racism or is it discrimination? All of them are the same. So you have racism. You have what I call uh, a lot of people have called it different names, but I always put it on levels. So to make it real quick, you have a guy that'll invite you over his house, but he don't want you to talk to his sister because <laughs> you're different. You could be Chinese, Vietnamese, and you're Japanese. So it doesn't matter. You could have a guy invite you over the house. He doesn't mind if you talk to his sister, but you better not marry her. <laughs> then it goes to the next level. Well, you have a guy that goes to the house, you married her. You better not have a kid. So that's just a little example of what I'm what, what you're dealing with. But you have um, undercover racism. You have uh, people who will say hi to you, love you half to death, but they really hate your guts and they're trying to stab you in the back at the same time. And that's considered undercover racism? I call it undercover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they're right there. They're right there in your face. For instance, I used to think that uh, there are no hate groups. I used to think that there's no KKK. But there's a big history of the KKK. It's a big history of these hate groups. They're out here every day, walking the streets, trying to do programs. They're in the government. They're in police departments. They're, they're everywhere, you know. So it's my job from learning from the uh, NAACP and implementing the race for peace inside these agencies is to try to push that out, get, get rid of these guys, right. you know. But so far, 
We haven't had too much. I haven't had too many phone calls or too many real incidences and problems and stuff. And then when, and when I smell it, I'm right on it, like a bloodhound, you know? So um, that's that question. Well, here's a million dollar question for you. Do you think there ever will be peace? I do. I really do believe that there's peace. And I just was in the Philadelphia Inquirer and they took the uh, statistics of when we started the program from Sandra Blind. I think it was 1,100 murders through uh, law enforcement. 2021, 2022, mm -hmm. 480. So look at that number, 1,100 in 2015, 480 in 2022. Did the racial piece help? Oh, of course. Of course, people have um, imitated, duplicated, copy our program, you know. I don't mind, I take that as flattery. You definitely. Know? But uh, racial piece is definitely out there. You know, one thing that we haven't touched on, which I'm curious, is how has the Race for Peace Committee influenced politicians or clergymen? Has, they, has that made an impact on them as well? I'm glad you said that they were there from day one. So when we have our summits, we have, I always had, I used to have 20 people on a summit and everybody said, that's crazy. No, it's 20 people on the summit because when they break off, if there's only 10, there's only gonna be seven left. When they break off, if there's 20, there's gonna be 15 left because five will run out the door. So, um, and they were there from day one. So we had clergy, um, government, uh, voted on politicians, appointed government officials, community activists like myself, organizers, other groups and stuff like that. So we have a variety pack mm -hmm. of people on the, on the summit with young, with the young people. I'm very, very um, hard up on uh, making the young people speak first. So we just had a meeting with the Philadelphia uh, executive team and that was a few months ago. And I let the young person speak first. It was Andrew Howe with the Race for Peace, but I said, no, let the young guy speak first. He'll take part of, I'm a yield to my young, to my youth. Mm -hmm. And how was that uh, recepted? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how some of the youth love the Race for Peace and, and want to get involved and proud of the Race for Peace committee, of what we're doing, you know, because it was very much needed. Right. It was very much needed, you know, whether it's violence in Philadelphia or whether it was racism in one of the townships or one of the uh, counties, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, this is something that we have to stick with. This is something that we always have to talk about, discuss, you know, because if you don't, you forget about it and, and the fire gets bigger. I always say racism is just like David and Goliath. If you don't do anything, racism is like a bully. If you don't do anything about it, it grows into a Goliath. But the race for peace got that one rock to knock Goliath out. Wow. And race for peace is faster than the speed of thought, more powerful than your imagination, able to prevent, to, to uh, be proactive with racism, discrimination, and violence. So, so you mentioned the, the clergy and the politicians getting yes. involved. Yes. Is that then when the police also came involved or was that later in the in the mix? It was all at the same time. Oh, okay. It was me and Mike McGrath for 18 straight months, mm -hmm. which was a long time. God bless you, Mike. I know I tortured him for 18 months. <laughs> After that, I made the phone call to all the other chiefs. So it was me and McGrath just one-on-one -on -one for 18 straight months. And then uh, I made the phone call 
other chiefs. And when we had the summit, that's when I had Mike. I told Mike, no, we need the clergy. We need the politicians. We need everybody. We can get on board. The business leaders, everybody, everybody. And, and business also uh, came on board with B- no problem? Business leaders um, and business organizations donated, whether it was water, juice, hot dogs, hamburgers. They donate stuff. They come. They support us very much. Yes. So uh, to have this organization to be successful for another seven years, what do you see uh, in need? Well, we need to just keep doing what we're doing. I always tell them that. They always say, well, we got to do different. No, keep doing what we're doing. If it's not broke, why try to fix it? You know, so I would like to see the youth increase, you know, but we're doing this for the youth. So when we leave or we get too tired of doing it or something happens to us, the youth will take over. Yeah, and that's a big key, too, because you get the youth involved at a young age, they're going to grow with everything. And that's that's a plus And that's a, a good testament to what you've been doing here. And uh, so far, everything's been been peachy, right? If it's not broke, why try to fix it? <laughs> that's exactly right. So if someone's looking to volunteer, how would they go about doing so? Well, they could get on the uh, the website mm-hmm. or get on the uh the website would be the www.org, raceforpeace.org, or go to Facebook, the social media, or call me, 267-339-4313. Very and, uh, simple. And uh, it's one phone call away. That's it. Uh, and I'm sure you're probably receiving a lot of phone calls. I receive so many phone calls, but I've learned that when you're doing something, why should it have to take five channels to get to the number one guy or the number one girl, number one person? No, I make it very easy. You get to me, one phone call. That's fantastic. Well, you're making it very easy for us as well. Andrew P. Howe II, he's been our guest here today on Community Connections, the founder and CEO for the Race for Peace Committee. For all of us here at UMGA Television, I'm Chuck Curlin. Thank you for watching.